Many of the most significant public health challenges faced today have a behavioral component. To change an individual's behavior, we need to understand and change the brain. From Professor Huda Akil, a Syrian-American neuroscientist. Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast. I'm Andrea Samadhi and launched this podcast just over three years ago with a vision to bridge the gap between theory and practice and help all of us, whether we're a teacher in the classroom or in the modern workplace, to understand the most current brain research and how to use it for improved productivity and results. For this week's Brain Fact Friday, I wanted to tie our past few episodes together, starting with episode 239, where we talked about using neuroscience to build a stronger 2.0 version of ourselves. On this episode, we looked at how we can change our identity by reviewing our self-image. We looked at where our self-image is formed in the front of our brain and how people who have stronger pathways in this part of the brain will have higher long-term self-esteem, which I think we can all agree would help us to move forward towards this newer, stronger 2.0 version of ourselves. Then we looked at the concept of praxis, or integrating our beliefs with our behaviors as a way to step into this brand new 2.0 version of ourselves, where we can become an entirely new person, overriding our old identity building a new image of ourself over time with hard work and persistence. Then physician and neurologist Dr. Philippe Doyon advised us with his experience of facing two kidney transplants that the power for health and happiness really is in our own hands, but he gave us a sense of urgency, telling us that we only have one brain, one body, and one life. If we really want to improve ourselves in any way, everything points back to understanding what's happening with this organ that controls everything that we do. Next week, we'll be speaking with Dr. Ginger Campbell, who was just inducted into the 2022 Podcast Hall of Fame. Dr. Ginger has been running her brain science podcast since 2006, And anyone who studies the topic of neuroscience would have come across her work as a pioneer where she launched her podcast all those years ago because she believes that understanding how our brain really works is essential for being a good citizen in the 21st century. When I think about why we launched this podcast, where we look for leaders around the world who are using the most current research to help us to all see that success, health, and happiness is possible for all of us when we do things in a certain way, and I would say that this certain way is with our brain in mind. Not to say that this way, with our brain in mind, is the only way to accomplish success, but if we're going to look at our life and we only have a short time here to do whatever it is we want to do with our time, I think to live up to our full potential It's important to remember that we only have one brain and to be aware of what helps it or hurts it. Dr. Doyon's company mission, One Brain, One Body, One Life, makes me think seriously about the consequences of every action I'm taking. While I enjoy every interview I've ever done, 
Something magical happens when all our episodes begin to thread together with a common theme, and I think Dr. Doyon noticed the lights turning on in our interview. It's starting to sink in. To change an individual's behavior, we need to understand and change the brain. Which leads me to this week's Brain Fact Friday that came to me early this week while listening to Dr. Andrew Huberman's podcast. I'm sure everyone in the world knows that there are some things that are good for our brain and productivity and results and other things that aren't. But when new research comes out that's compelling enough to make me change my behavior, I'm going to share it here. If you're like me, you might have heard that there was a connection with drinking alcohol and cancer. But until this week, I didn't know exactly how drinking even low amounts of alcohol, as low as a drink a day, or even if it's not every day, a couple of drinks on the weekend, damages that one brain that we have that controls everything that we are and everything we do. And I think it's crazy that these brain facts that I'm going to share from the most current research are seldom discussed. So I'll put all the links in the show notes to Dr. Huberman's podcast, along with the notes that made an impact on me for anyone else who's curious to review these facts for themselves. I picked two out of Dr. Huberman's 28 topics to cover on this week's Brain Fact Friday to help us to all think with our brain and health in mind. Brain Fact 1. Did you know that alcohol changes our gene expression, which therefore causes cancer, particularly breast cancer, and that for women, there's a 4 to 13% increase in the risk of breast cancer for every 10 grams, and one glass of wine has around 10 grams of alcohol. I'm not sure what you think when you hear this, but this research was enough to help me to decide very quickly that alcohol is now on the do not ingest list if health is something I'm striving for, which it clearly is. I encourage you to listen to his entire episode. There were many facts that filled in the blanks for me and helped me to gain a better understanding of how toxins impact our brain and body. Brain fact two. If that first brain fact was not enough, there were many more points to drive the truth of this matter home. Another shocking brain fact is that alcohol changes the HPA axis, which is the part of our brain that balances what we see as stressful or not. And that for those who consume alcohol, even low amounts like a couple of drinks in the week or even over the weekend, will have elevated baseline levels of cortisol even when they're not drinking. While most people will be thinking, hey, let's go have a drink to enjoy the stress-relieving and relaxing benefits, which might be true, no one is thinking that this research now shows this causes our stress and anxiety to increase in our working days Days later, when we're not drinking, when focus and concentration is crucial. I don't know about you, but when we understand how important our brain is for our future success and that we all want to avoid neurological disorders like Alzheimer's disease or increased stress in our work week or even cancer, it's definitely something I think we should all be fully aware of and make the informed decision that's best for you. It's sinking in more now. To change an individual's behavior, we need to understand and change the brain. So I have four tips to change behavior with our brain in mind. 
When I ask Dr. Doyon when science reveals that something is bad for us, even a carcinogen, how can we stop all of us from using it? And here are some suggestions. Step one, think big picture. Dr. Doyon gave us some great advice with not having someone quit something cold turkey, but wean them off whatever it is they're trying to quit. We've covered using our brain to break bad habits in a very early episode number 35 when looking at eliminating bad habits that no longer serve us. Instead of just thinking about what you want to quit, think about what you want to start, stop, and what you want to do more of. Look at the bigger picture of what you want to create so you aren't entirely focused on the thing that you have to give up. This should help make the transition easier, especially when you can see the benefits to what you want to eliminate. Step two, think about what's your motivation based on your values. This one was easy for me. With health at the top of what I value, if something proves to be not healthy for my brain or body, it's an easy decision to eliminate it. What do you value? What will this change in behavior do for you? Step three, stay focused. When grinding away our old self-image to create a new one, it will require focus, especially when something stressful happens. When looking to make long-term change, I like to have a plan in place. John Norcross's book, Changeology, explains how to stay focused on whatever it is you want to change for 90 days. He says to make any long-lasting change stick, You've got to spend the first 14 days getting psyched up for that change. Really think about it. And then you prepare yourself for that change for the next 14 to 21 days. And then 14 days to 60, you're perspiring since the change takes work. And then you persevere for days 60 to 90. And persistence comes with day 75 onwards. And I put an image from John Norcross's Changeology in the show notes for you to look at. Step four, integrate your wins. This is the part that most people forget. If we can change our old self into an entirely new self, this is a serious win, and I think it's the purpose of our life. We should always be striving to be a better 2.0 version of ourself, and when we do, there's nothing like it. Celebrate other people's wins and give yourself credit when you achieve something you've worked hard for. So to review and close out this week's Brain Fact Friday, I took two brain facts from Dr. Andrew Huberman's most recent podcast on the effects of alcohol on the brain and body to bring to the forefront the message that we learned so clearly from our recent podcast with Dr. Philippe Doyon that we have one brain, one body, and one life, and that preventing chronic disease, especially neurological disease in our future, means looking at our brain health today. Dr. Doyon's interview made me think about the fact that we're all going to die one day. And in this quest for our goals and daily life, I never really put that much thought into what I want the last half of my life to look like. Annie Duke, the author of How to Decide, Better Choices, Better Life, calls it backcasting. Or when we think about how we want those last years of our life to look like. I'm definitely planning those last years with my brain in mind, and that means making tough decisions today that will impact that last half of my life. What do you think? I hope you've enjoyed this episode and that you review Dr. Andrew Huberman's most recent podcast 
and I'll see you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 